Raymond, thank you very much for an entertaining talk, both from a content and musical point of view. Let's give him another round of applause. Our next speaker is uh, Francois Marais, an actuary from uh, Munich Re, where he leads the business analysis team. He's responsible for all things data and experience analysis there. Uh, he holds a PhD in mathematical statistics, which I had great fun chatting to him about uh, just before the session. So, Francois, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for that introduction. So most actual vacancies are advertised requesting actuaries who are problem solvers, or um, problem solvers and self-starters are phrases often used. So for this presentation, only the problem solvers need apply. My topic is modeling real-time longevity using Wikipedia data. But if you're expecting colorful heat maps of mortality improvement by a cohort, this talk is much more about the data problem of making the Wikipedia data submit to analysis. But I have graphs. Um, this is my main result, um, showing some evidence of improvement among males. Uh, I'll show some comparisons by occupation. But the main point is that I produced these graphs using 59,000 data points scraped from Wikipedia. And the purpose of the talk is um, to go through the motivation of why should someone go through all this, how to scrape the data from, the Wiki from Wikipedia, and just exactly what data I'm talking about. The problem solving and um, the, the experimentation happens under filling the gaps um, and extracting useful data. I'll talk about the data set, I'll show some results, and I'll reflect at the end. So why go through all of this? Well, I'm sure you'll agree, most third-party data sources are, um, are come at a cost. Um, and very few of us actually have experience incorporating these sources into our own environments. So I use Wikipedia a lot, and I, when I discovered this way of extracting the data, um, I thought, well, here is a data set that is right at my doorstep, uh, something I can gain some experience with. And open yourself to the possibility that uh, among the companies that will make a success of using external data sources, there might be that one company that uses a very cheap, uh, very, very publicly available data source in a clever way. So I thought, here's that opportunity. Let's, let's, let's try and be that company. Um, another much more academic reason uh, for, for taking on this project would be the fact that Wikipedia deaths are unquantified. There's something we can do. Um, and I remind you that Wikidata is updated continuously, uh, almost on a daily basis. It's now the 24th of November, and already there's six deaths recorded for yesterday and 14 for the day before. And if this data source um, is a success, then this, uh, this algorithm that we can refine uh, sort of on a monthly basis um, might actually give us a, a lead indicator for longevity. <coughs> so what Wikipedia data am I talking about? This is the, record, the Wikipedia record of the deceased Jimmy James Edward Bond, uh, the American double bass player. And you see some useful information on the right-hand side recording the date of birth, the date of death. Um, I actually thought these records, um, well, I can use that, that uh, info box um, as, as the source of data. Um, but I should soon find out, for example, here's Commander James Bond of the Australian Navy, and he doesn't have an info box like that. So early on in the project, I, I thought, well, let's, let's um, 
actually try and populate some of these info boxes, but um, at some point my family and my wife um, thought I had totally uh, withdrawn from society. <laughs> so I needed a, a different plan. And what made matters worse, um, most records are not even, uh, do not even contain the date of death. So here's James Ulysses Bond, the homeless person. But what these records have in common is that they are indexed according to the year of death. Uh, you can just scroll down. This is the record of Commander James Bond. And you can follow that link, and that leads you to uh, a page that is organized by date, and you can scroll around and browse, and eventually you'll find um, this list of deaths uh, according to date. And there's James Bond. Uh, have a look at this list and think for yourself what other data sources look like this. Um, obituaries in a newspaper, home affairs data, uh, photographs of tombstones. Um, so so there's some, there's some transferability of this exercise. So this is how I scrape the data. That's um, a Google spreadsheet, and I illustrate how I make use of the function import HTML. I populate the URL and some other technical parameters that are easy to find out. And what appears is precisely the list th that you had just seen. Um, this, is, this is quite easy, and, and it made me excited to, to take on this project. Um, however, I should caution um, that if you use this in bulk, it, it does crash. There is an internal limit on how many times you can, you can call that import HTML function. But for maintaining the data set, I'm totally satisfied that this is going to be sufficient. So I've shown. Um, the, the, the data, what data I'm talking about, and the motivation for the analysis. The biggest value of the exercise comes from extracting value out of this data. At first, I could treat um, the data as comma-separated values. So that gives me the name, the age of death, and some other useful information. This was not all roses. Um, these index lists are, do not actually follow a, um, a very strict uh, regime. Uh, Wikipedia entries are, uh, have low input discipline, and this is something I, would, I had to deal with um, straight throughout the project. Um, so, for example, here's records from 1998, and you see that there isn't an age of death recorded, uh, but a, a year of birth is supplied. And I had to deal with preceding titles, that's the sirs and ladies and lords and kings and queens. And I can tell you that you can spend um, almost half of your time trying to deal with almost every exception, and uh, you'd gain very little from it. Uh, so you have to draw the line if you want to do this profitably. Right, so then I had to render the next uh, section of the information um, so that it is uh, possible to analyze this. I remind you that in order to perform some sort of analysis, I need the data to be in a structured order of columns, such as this. This is an actual snapshot of the eventual data. So let's look at what is contained in that, um, in that remaining uh, Wikipedia data. This is a word cloud of uh, the words that appear most frequently. Uh, you can see the most important uh, nationalities. There's American, British, German, French, and Italian. The most important occupations are politicians, sportspersons, actors, actresses. The most important causes can also be derived heart uh, and cancer-related issues featured the most. So what is a word cloud other than just a ranking 
of words by popularity or a visual representation of the frequency of occurrence. And hang on, what do you need in order for uh, actuarial analysis? Well, you need credible volumes of data. And that was quite an aha moment in this project. I can let the word cloud advise the categorization, and then I perform a binary search in order to populate the categories. Popularity equals credibility. I actually thought this was quite significant. It gives you a desktop way of dealing with, with uh, text data. Another problem I had to deal with was uh, the fact that the wiki data did not contain genders. Uh, you may be aware, but uh, there's a package in uh, the R software called uh, Gender, and what it does is it encodes gender based on names and dates of birth using historical data sets. So admittedly, these data sets are very American, but so too was the data. So what I ended up with was something like 25% of the data uncategorized. This is unfortunate, uh, but there are other ways of dealing with those 25, for example, visiting the web page. Um, but I look forward to seeing this, this uh, gender package being supported by, uh, by other data sets in the background, and I actually thought that the tool works well. So that concludes the discussion about the method. Um, the next part is about the data set and some of the results. So I actually, uh, at some point, um, discovered, well, I was expecting something in the order of 100,000 deaths. And when I got to 59,000, I was a bit discouraged. And you lose a little bit because of the, the difficulty of extraction. Um, and the data only really becomes um, significant volumes um, from 2005 onwards. So I would like to see how this progresses in the future. Some other shortcomings was that the data includes fauna and flora. There was at least one badger, lots of cats and dogs. Horses feature quite a lot. That's race horses, mostly. Uh, there's a koala, a tree, an octopus. So the data is not homogeneous, and, and these cases need to be filtered out. The data is not independent. It includes catastrophes, uh, for example, the Charlie Hebdo shooting and um, the, the September 11 attacks. Another shortcoming of the data set is that the data is censored by uh, Wikipedia's notoriety requirement. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Notoriety is a test used by editors to decide whether a given topic warrants its own article. So what we end up doing is we're modeling survival conditional on being notorious at some time in the past. Uh, to illustrate how this can influence the experience analysis, um, if you can become notorious at a very late stage in life, for example, like um, those claimants to be the oldest person in the world, uh, or if uh, people from dis different occupations uh, become notorious at different ages, you might get a distortion. So, for example, sports people become notorious early, and uh, you might end up concluding that sports people who are generally healthy have worse mortality because of that. Um, I, this was a death-only data set. There was no exposure to work with, so I needed to, a method to deal with that. I just used uh, a rough-and-ready quick version uh, uh, I consider the data as um, survival data, so I use survival methods. And I'm referring to the Kaplan-Meier and Cox proportional hazards. There's a formal definition if you need it. Um, you could perform some, uh, some more rigorous methods, such as um, those Ronald Richmond referred to in his talk of yesterday. 
Um, but the, the, the Cox and the Kaplan Myers are, are easy, easy to obtain in this case. So, on to some results. Um, this shows you, uh, this is sort of a test to, to see how, um, just how logical the, the data set is. What you have there is a, is a word cloud of the most popular occupations. Uh, there's sportspersons and politicians, um, writers and film directors. And what you see in the bottom is um, the Kaplan-Meier estimates of uh, the, the, the two occupations for which there was credible data that showed the highest and the lowest mortality. So the highest mortality was uh, experienced by musicians. That's the graph on the left-hand side. Um, this, is, this is a survival curve after age 60. That's how you interpret it. On the right-hand side, um, the, the, the best occupations were nobility, uh, the, the lords and ladies and kings and queens. Uh, so, so Queen the musician would, would have been on the right-hand side. Left-hand side, my right. <laughs> so here's another check uh, of reasonability. These are the most credible occupations, including as well as South Africa, uh, um, countries as well as South Africa. Um, South Africa performs the worst. That's the, the blue line on the left-hand side. And France performs the best, has the lowest mortality. That's the green line at the top. Um, the data set is mostly American and British, so they provide the average. So could I see some evidence of improvement, mortality improvement? And you can decide for yourself. Um, this is um, the Cox proportional hazards uh, coefficients on a log scale um, for males with 2016 the base year. And you can clearly see the trend of of improvement, and the year 2016 uh, is even lower. Um, I could not, uh, and I tried uh, working with cohorts, but because of the short period of data, uh, this, uh, these conclusions were, were, were not very strong. And I remind you, these graphs are not standardized in, in any way, um, so I wouldn't quote uh, these figures in my evaluation reports quite yet. As a matter of fact, here's that same graph for females, and you don't quite see that same trend. It sort of appears to go the opposite way. Um, but if you, if you look closely, there, there is far, far, far fewer um, female data points. And um, if you just look at the main occupations over time, uh, those change quite a lot between actress and politician, for example. So standardization is important for females. So was the data source a success? Um, as I explained, it was hard to obtain in bulk, but we will be able to maintain the data set um, quite easily. It contains the distortions I mentioned, um, and there was insufficient volumes for, for, for a granular exercise, at least as of 2016. Um, and so we end up with no real lead indicator for, for longevity yet. However, um, we've, I was able to quantify Wikipedia deaths, and I, I now have a, an algorithm for, for real-time longevity analysis, something I can work on and improve. But somewhere along the way, the objectives of the exercise changed. So if you're working in a data office, as I do, um, you, you come to experience that there's quite a bit of data hackery sometimes needed in order to go through from the computer science to statistical science. Uh, and, and few of us actually have the experience to do this. Um, so here I had the experience of working with a, with a low input discipline data set, and I was able to develop methods in order to approach this. I can now solve genders, and I can bridge the gap from text data to columns. Um, 
and these methods are transferable. So I'm, I'm ready for the next project that's going to require taking reams and reams of PDF, PDF claim data and building some sort of model with that. I can think of some next steps for this exercise. Um, I would like to inform Wikipedia, see if they're interested. I'm sure it's not only the actual profession who might be interested in, in these outcomes. Um, I can work with that, uh, the authors of the gender package, uh, show them how their package performs on an international data set. And with a few years more data, I'm sure that we can perform this exercise once again and our conclusions might be a bit stronger. I'd like to conclude and um, I hope that this, this talk has inspired you to see new potential in some easy-to-obtain data sources. Um, you are welcome to meet with me, uh, grab, pick me out of the crowd and uh, tell, tell me what's your data problem. Um, and this, to me, is an approach uh, to data-enabled business. You should be willing and able uh, to go through the cycle of, of trying something quickly and failing if that's necessary in order to find that one thing that works. I'm sure there's now some time for questions. Thank you very much, Francois. Thank you. I think, I think what I'm most fascinated about is, is how obsessive we are about uh, longevity and finding ways to quantify it and measure it and change it and, and see where we're heading as a profession, which is, which is uh, really fascinating. Uh, we do have time for questions. In fact, we've made up a little bit of time. Um, so, are there any, any, there's one over there. Any others so the mics can come to you in the meanwhile? Uh, it's coming slowly, slowly. Hi there, uh, thanks for a great presentation. I was just wondering, have you considered using the birth data at all in Wikipedia? Um, and incorporating that in, as opposed to just using the death data? Yes, so, so, so that, that was, um, that, that would have identified cohorts. Um, I looked at um, uh, five-year age bands, um, uh, five-year intervals, um, 19, 1910, 1915, 1920, and so forth. Uh, but, but as I've explained, yeah, um, if, you, if you look at the data in that way, it, it sort of breaks down a bit. Yeah, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is without even looking at the deaths, just to see how long they've survived. Um, so you'd probably increase the number of data points you have? Um, I'm sure that's, that's yeah. true, yes. Okay. Thanks. Anyone else? I'm not going to prolong it for too long. Don't miss your chance. Okay, well then I think, oh, the, ah, there we go, see, it's on that third count, going once, going twice. There's another couple of questions over there, please. Um, so I see that you use uh, Excel to pull the data from Wikipedia, but have you tried uh, packages um, like those found in Python, uh, which very easily allow you to scrape web data? Um, yes, I was, I was aware of that from the start. Um, I'm, I was, I'm actually quite um, eager to try different things, um, and, and this year was uh, Google, Google Sheets was my, my, my pet project, um, trying to see if I can make use of the, the, the free software. I'll come to you again now, Matthew, just hold on. Um, hello, Francho. Hi. <laughs> um, very interesting talk. I was just wondering, you've used Wikipedia as your source. Um, and thinking about how big the internet is um, and how, how much data there is around, are there other sources that one could potentially use in future and perhaps combine, combine with this that you've got 
to increase your, yes. your results and your output. Yes, I'm, um, I hope that through this I might actually discover some of those myself. Um, I, I know that there's a, a Wikidata project. Um, I, I tried some angles uh, to see if I could find this data through there, uh, which didn't quite work. Um, but that's, that's, that's precisely the point. Um, I do think that there are uh, some data sets that, that really just are, are waiting there for us to, to grab. Thank you very much for a very interesting talk. Uh, my question is, it's, it's very useful to have these independent data sets that you can draw some valuable insights from. Have you tried to match these data sets to existing data sets that you would have within the business to try and see if you can link social media data or scrape data from the internet back to your policyholders? Um, so, so in essence, if you're, um, if you're, you're trying to model some, some target variable that you have in your policies and um, it, you, you'd want to see data that, that, that talks to those same policyholders, um, I'm sure it's going to be quite difficult uh, to find a data set that has enough overlap with your particular uh, policyholder set. So I'm, I'm more interested in, in fuzzy logic matching at this stage, um, trying to see if, if we can sufficiently um, if put filters on, the, on the, uh, the, the public data set, which means it would have to be a large data set, so that we are satisfied that it really, really represents um, our internal data. Then, yes, the, the conclusions um, could be transferable in that way. Um, but, but right now, we. we um, I'd say this, the biggest problem is that uh, you certainly can't link them unless uh, both data sets have ID or something like that. It's coming, guys. It's coming. Hold on. I mean, one, one way you could go is the insurers and reinsurers could all just publish their mortality and rating IP, and then we'd all know what the trends were. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <coughs> um, I'm just coming back to your original intention, which was to find the lead indicator for longevity. Just um, maybe I missed it, but talk me through um, what you were hoping to see that would be a lead indicator as opposed to just observing uh, longevity trends emerging. Yes. Um, a short while ago, a colleague of ours um, flew in from, from Britain to, to share some, some insights on longevity with some of our clients. And... Um, the, the data was, that he had um, at his disposal was, was significant, really significant. Um, and so the, the, the cohorts, um, the cohort effects were, were visible and comparable between countries, for example. But some of these effects um, wear off or, or there are new effects that appear to emerge at the most extreme ages. Um, and it was, it was him concluding um, there on stage that that the researchers are sort of wondering, is this a trend that we're seeing, or, or uh, is this just a blip in the data at this time? So, so I'm at this stage just hoping for a data set big enough that I can maybe at some point address uh, some of these, these um, uh, cohort effects that, um, and see if we can project them just one year forward, because these, these like national data um, the time it takes, the time lags for, for that data, data to become available. There's always a one or two year lag. Um, if, if I could just give a, a slight indication or a confirmation that that same trend is visible elsewhere, then, then that would be something that would be useful. Thank you very much, Francois. Any thank last question? Let's take the last one if there's a last one. Right. I think, uh, thank you very much for both speakers. Let's give them a last round of applause. Thank you.
Enjoy the rest of the convention, everyone.